Whether you think about it like this or not, we're an industry built around independent contractors, entrepreneurs, and real estate has always been somewhat of a lonely business with so many agents scraping together the training they need to compete on their own. But Bernice Ross saw a better way. She was a college instructor turned broker. She had a PhD. Bernice put her skills to use in founding realestatecoach.com, one of the top training and coaching companies in the world. Bernice is a force in the real estate industry. From her years leading education initiatives at major brands like Keller Williams, to her celebrated training and coaching programs, to her work as a syndicated author and speaker, Bernice has been a constant voice for innovation and smart tactical solutions to the challenges real estate professionals face. In this interview, Bernice explains the best way to talk to prospective clients about the market and outlines three things every agent needs to master to achieve success in real estate. Hi everyone, I'm Shay Hada with Berkshire Hathaway Koenig-Rubloff. This is Pam O'Connor from Leading Real Estate Companies of the World. Hi, this is Bernice Ross. I'm the CEO of realestatecoach.com and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Bernice, I am so thrilled to actually interview you since you are always on the other side of the mic. So this is a real treat for me. Um, for those in the audience that don't know what you do, can you tell us a little bit about your work that you do at realestatecoach.com? What inspired you to start that business? Well, actually, uh, I was a sales agent for 20 years. I ran the training for 4,000 agents in California at John Douglas Company. We were the top producing company per agent in the United States. And crazy. That was That's crazy. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was we were doing a billion dollars a month in sales in 1993. Wow. Yeah. I mean, amazing numbers. I mean, of course we're doing high end, but still the company was the sign of respect and it was about professionalism. And uh, when the company was acquired by Cobalt Banker, I'd already met my husband and was moving down here to Austin, but I wanted to start a company that continued that vein of training and coaching and and I have kind of an opinion about coaching, Seth. What happens is most people that come to us, I thought I'm going to get out of training. Most people that come to us wanting coaching really want the training. So I've gone back into the training side and, of course, writing for Amon News and for uh, Stefan Swanepoel's T3 uh, Trends Report. So I'm doing a more writing you know, now. But still, the idea is to help agents grow their business by focusing on the specific things that they do well, developing their strengths, not, you know, doing some, you know, one size fits all approach. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm about. So real estate coach was designed with that in mind. And also we've got like new agent training and experienced agent training, but so do a lot of other people. Although I think our new agent training is the best in the business, but that's my bias. That's awesome. <laughs> you actually have a PhD in educational psychology. How has that served you in building, you know, your educational, you know, training and your courses and your coaching? Well, actually, I started out, um, I, I graduated two years early from college. I was in a hurry. My dad almost died. And I got hired when I was 22 to start teaching college full time. 
and got into real estate a little bit later when they passed Prop 13. And um, I was going to have to either go back to checking groceries, which is how I paid my way through college, or I thought if I could maybe sell one or two houses my you know over the summer, I could make the payments on my new condo that I bought because I didn't have any money if I didn't work over the summer. Yeah. And the college had canceled had canceled summer session. So long story short, I sold two houses my first month and eight houses my second month and thought, what did I go to the, you know, why did I get all these degrees? But then on the other hand, uh, when the market, you know, the first downturn hit about two years after I got my license and I was really happy, I kept my day job. So uh, I stayed in education I taught full-time, which was about 12 to 16 hours a week, and I was teaching STAD and and psychology, and then ran a full-time training um, pro, you know, was full-time in real estate, and then ran full-time training. My guys actually liked the idea of having an educator as a trainer, and of course, I had the background in real estate, so. That's awesome. uh, Yeah, so I've had two careers, a little little work-life balance thing going on there, Seth. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know where the balance comes if you're working, you know, you know, 80 hours a week, but I totally get it. Um, well, that was the problem I was and it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. So you, I want to talk a little bit about training because you offer training programs for agents at all levels, but can we talk about the beginner agent? Like what's changed over the past, you know, five to seven years when it comes to starting out in a real estate business today? Uh, I would say nothing. And here's why. Interesting. Okay. Because when you first started the business, there are three things you need. You need to master the contracts, you need to master the inventory, and you need to, you know, build a referral database, which essentially, the, you know, the thing is different than this, you're going to not put in a Rolodex, you're going to put it in a, you know, a, a CRM. Yep. But those fundamentals in the business haven't changed. And quite frankly, you could take my listing presentation that I was doing in 1993 at John Ducas Company walk in and deliver it today and it converts at about a 90 to 95% ratio. I mean, it's very powerful. The only thing that would change would be the technology tools that you would talk about in terms of how is, how are, how is my offering? What is my unique selling proposition? What makes me different? And I remember writing a train and I spent a year writing the training program for the company. And one of our competitors from across the street stole it after three months. And I was so upset and I went to Mr. Douglas and, and I was practically in tears. And he looked at me and he said, you know, Bernice, all we have to do is be six months ahead of the competition and we will dominate the market. So I've always been on that being six months ahead of the competition. So in terms of the agents that are listening, when you go on a listing appointment, you need to talk about what, you know, what are you going to do to expose that seller's property to the maximum number of people? Then what does your, you know, so what does your company do? If you're with one of the big brands, they have wonderful brand propositions. You want to talk about that. Then you want to find two or three things that are going to make your services unique and that will make your services stand out from the other agents. And keep in mind that most of the time, I think the numbers that I saw most recently from NAR is 72% of the time the sellers are only talking to one person. So all you need to do is persuade them that you're the best and you're probably going to be the only person they talk to. You'll get the listing. That's crazy, right? It's, it is crazy. Um, you think about, you know, helping someone get started. What are like, what's the first, you know, two or three things that someone should do? I just got my license. I decide that I'm going to be, you know, a realtor in Boston or, you know, pick an area. Where should I spend my time? 
First of all, the thing that we know about top producers is that they know the inventory like the back of their hand. Legally, first of all, you've got to have, again, you've got to have this really strong knowledge of the contracts. We got sued all the time in California. I got subpoenaed all the time because I was trainer. Mm -hmm. So having that in-depth knowledge of the contracts is critical. A lot of agents shortcut that when they're new. The second thing is that... um, you need the top producers can walk in and where we were selling, you couldn't, you couldn't just say, you know, there could be 2 million sitting next to 400,000. So it's like you had to really have this. It was almost an art, but you knew if you knew the inventory and you were active in the market, you could tell what the prices were. So I always told people when you walk into a property estimate where you think it should be listed and where you believe it will sell and then track that. So you start growing that that knowledge. And the great thing today, you know, we used to have to remember the houses because we could take pictures. Today, you've got all these wonderful things on Instagram and Pinterest, you know, on Facebook. You've got pictures of the property. Grab those, stick them into Evernote, into a file for a specific street or specific area. And then when you walk on a listing appointment and you can show someone, well, here's how this house compares to your house, you know, maybe you didn't see the inside of it, but but you could start helping people see the difference here between their house and other houses that are comparable sales. And it really helps with the pricing process. So the conversation becomes easier. And then of course, the thing that you need to do is build it, you know, build your referral database. I'm seeing the numbers coming out of NAR still. Seth, this is a, this is a really surprising statistic. Did you know, and this is from NAR, in terms of where the listings come from, only, and this is closed listing sales, only 4% come from websites. That includes the broker's website, your personal website, Zillow, Tilt, Trulia, uh, your MLS, your company's website. Now, they may go search your website, of course, and that's an important part of your online profile. But in terms of generating actually closed listing sales, it's coming from the people in your database. So your focus is growing your referral database. That's, you know, so those are the three important things. I think there's a huge misconception in the world that, you know, technology is all of a sudden going to give you a closed deal. Technology is just an enabler along the path for the consumer. That's why, you know, they're going to visit whatever it is, 9, 10, 11, 13 sites before they actually make a decision on a home. And countless times they're going to search on those sites. Um, I think many people sort of sign up and go, hey, I want a new website and that's going to give me my leads. It's really the belly to belly stuff that you do in nurturing and having a narrative and a, and a real intimate knowledge of your, your geographic area and your sphere. Um, I have no doubt about that. Oh, you're hundred percent correct on that. But the thing you need to know, and this is so important when you're, when you are before that person picks up and calls you, they're going to Google you. So your website is a core component of how you present yourself to the marketplace and that's one of the reasons one of the things i love about the place your sites are just so beautiful and they present you know the agent in the best possible light but you need a website that is responsive and for the people who don't know about this your place your site will be responsive but that means you know we're going from the time now where we've got 70 80 90 inch televisions all the way down to the small screen on my phone your site has to look good across across all all of those. those yeah 
And, you know, it's wonderful that, you know, I remember trying, you know, we just got around to building a responsive site. You know, this is a problem when you do a custom site and you've got a legacy site. Real Estate Coach, we actually started in 1997. So I'm going. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I've been around for a long time. My first husband was a uh, uh, one of the early developers with Microsoft. So he says, oh, I'll set you up with the site. And he got it for me. So we were early in that space and we've been around for a long time. <laughs> so, so that leads me to something that I'm, you know, super curious and passionate about, which is personal branding. Um, these days with the portals and all the information out there, a lot of agents seem to be struggling to separate themselves from the competition. And you mentioned something earlier, like, Hey, how do you present yourself in a way that's, you know, just not, Hey, I'm the me too agent. What are the keys for discovering your personal brand or your unique uniqueness? Well, there are a couple of different things. First of all, for someone who's just starting out and they don't have a website, uh, I really am a firm believer that you don't, you know, you don't market with your name. Bernice Ross real estate does not cut it. Nobody's going to go looking for that. It doesn't say what I do, where I do it or who, who I do it with. So one of the things that, um, and, um, I don't know if any of our, if your listeners are uh, familiar, familiar with Oodle, that's O O D L E, but what Oodle does, they actually run the search for companies like Yahoo. So they're a very big search company and they've been compiling information about, uh, search patterns for years now. In fact, mm-hmm. I think I started following them maybe eight or nine years ago. So the thing that you should look at is we know that people search by city and street name, and they also search by zip code. Yeah. So uh, instead of doing Bernice Ross Real Estate, I want to do uh, 78759 circle C homes.com or 75205estateproperties.com or 75219turtlecreekcondos.com. So really niching down. Is this for SEO? Is that what you're suggesting? Not only for SEO, but, you know, when I create a site like that, Seth, I've got something I can sell. If I, if I put a site together that is Bernice Ross Real Estate, it's not saleable. Yeah. Yep. And that's the problem. You want something that you can sell. And this, and people haven't really grabbed onto these sites like this. I mean, you could use something like Austin Probate Sellers. My friend Nancy Sanborn's a top, uh, uh, she's the top probate agent in Los Angeles. I think she actually got LABuyers.com, which is a fantastic site. But you want to say the area that you're doing business in, use the zip code and the city. And by the way, be sure to include the state because, uh, you know, there's, uh, I think there's six different uh, cities named Paris, one, of course, in <laughs> France, the other five here in the States. Yeah. So um, be sure that you include that. Also, when you're marketing with video, be sure that you include, instead of just music, you want to include a soundtrack that, again, that includes city street name and zip code because Google reads the audio track and Mm. therefore you want that in your soundtrack because it helps with your SEO. That's so great. Great suggestions. Um, Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about lead gen and nurturing. So there's no shortage of ways to generate leads, but converting leads is sort of another story. There's so many options and distractions. How can agents turn people's heads and give them a real chance of closing, you know, especially on the digital leads, like, Hey, you get someone who fills out a form and whether it's on Zillow or on your own site or on, you know, realtor.com, what gives someone an actual leg up into turning that into a, a real sale? 
Well, let me approach this from a slightly different approach. First off, if you are going to try to convert an online lead, please know that whoever you're buying that lead from is probably selling it to three or four other agents. Okay. And you need to be the first one who responds. And, uh, you know, Chris Smith has a wonderful new book called Lead Conversion. Or, I, I mean, love, I think that, yeah. yeah um, I, I, lo I love his new book, Conver yeah, Conversion Code. The Conversion Code. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name of it. And his book is a primer on how to do this. He walks you through the scripts and strategies. So I would say if you really want to work with internet leads, read Chris's book because it's the best thing I've seen on this. That's so good. let's talk about the face-to-face -face lead. So yeah. assume that you meet someone at a cocktail party or you're at Starbucks. And by the way, uh, you know, I don't believe in doing kind of weird stuff to draw attention to yourself, like, you know, putting your name down as Bernice Realtor and having when they call your name, you know, it's Starbucks. I know some agents were doing that. I'm kind of like that. Just that's just makes my skin crawl. But what you can do when you go if you do go to Starbucks or you hang out at a restaurant. Oh, hold on one second. I just got what you said. So you're saying when the Starbucks barista asks you for your name, you say, you know, Bernice Realtor. And when they call your coffee. Yes. Order up. Oh, that oh, yeah. is so silly. I love that. It's funny. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, oh, this is, I don't know if you saw the Facebook thread several months ago where people were going around carrying, you know, uh, sold signs and they carried with them everywhere. No wonder people were getting a brand, you know, bad name. Oh, that's just, like, that's ah! just, that's just brilliant. Ah! I love I love when people do silly things because in some ways, sometimes they work, but in some ways it allows folks that sort of have focused in on something that works to stand out. So not to distract you. So let's go. You got a, you have a face-to-face okay, so, lead. So, what do you do? Face-to-face lead. Let's say that I'm having coffee at Starbucks. One thing you, you can do is sit down with your coffee with your iPad and just take you know, the time that you're sipping your coffee to uh, catch up on the new listings, look at them, capture the pictures to put in Evernote, you know, so you use that time as constructive time. But some, if somebody happens to see you're looking at um, pictures or someone, you know, you meet someone at a party and, um, you know, they ask what you do and you say you sell real estate and they, they follow up as saying, well, how's the market? Yes, that's the natural response. Yeah, how's the market? Well, you know, don't say it's fantastic or wonderful or it's the best. You know, it's like, no. Yeah. So what you want to do is give a very precise answer. And it sounds like this. Um, so you've introduced yourself. I found out that your name is Seth. Seth, tell me what price range you're interested in. Uh, are you, you know, would it be as a listing or about purchasing? So say you tell me you're interested in uh, 250 to 300 well, and you want a condo, so uh, in the two, or you own a condo. So in the two hundred to fifty, the two fifty to three hundred thousand dollar price range, there's approximately three months of inventory, which means that it is a seller's market right now. So there's not enough inventory. There's more buyers than there are sellers. So it's a great time to be a seller. However, it's also an excellent time to buy because interest rates are as low as they have been in years. And the Fed is saying they're probably going to raise them at the end of the year. But it's a great time to be a buyer because if the interest rates go up one point, and most people don't know this number. So say the interest rates go up from three and a half to four and a half. The amount, if you're staying in your property a full 30 years, I know most people do that, but you would pay 25% of your loan amount over the course of loan an extra interest. If the interest rates go up one point, if they go up two points, you would pay 50%. In other words... 
if the interest rate, say, went from uh, 3 to 4%, my interest would jump. Uh, I would pay 50000 on a $200,000 property. I would pay $50,000 with a one-point interest rate increase over the life of the loan. That's 30 years. Or a full 100000 more in interest if it went up two points. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. So, but is when you answer a question with details like that, you know, so you tend, you know, price range, how many months of inventory is a good time to buy or sell. What you're doing is you are showing your expertise on the market and you're providing them with hard data. So it's really important that you do that. And you can get that data, by the way, from RPR.com, yep. a real property resource. So if you're not familiar with that, that's a free service for all realtors. So again, rpr.com, uh, you know, they have all these beautiful reports and some of their competitors sell these, sell that information for like $150 a month. Crazy. Yeah, and you can get it for free if you're a realtor. Yeah. Good. Go to RPR. It's a great benefit. So let's talk and shift gears to brokers now. So there's been a lot of news about you know, the brokerage model sort of being attacked on all sides. And it's really difficult to grow and sustain a, a, you know, brokerage today in the digital age. And I know you've written a lot in the past about new business models. Can you tell me what you're seeing and, and where you see the opportunity for brokerages today? Well, there's something very interesting going on. Um, first of all, I mean, there's, there is this evolution of teams and I can tell you right now, the team model has got a whole lot of issues going on. Uh, I wrote uh, in both 2014 and 2015 for the Trends Report, uh, I wrote the chapters on independent contractor status. And here's and for anybody who's running a team, please, please listen to what I'm saying about this. The real estate law does not allow you to supervise another independent contractor. In other words, I cannot tell my buyer's agent that they're going to sit in an open house at a certain time, that they're going to be in the office at a certain time, they're going to use my software to do business with. I can't tell them any of that unless they're an employee. Mm. And the reason this isn't, you know, there was some litigation in real estate, the uh, Barisani, uh, the Cobalt Banker Barisani suit, you know, was fortunately Cobalt Banker bid it you know, bit about a four and a half, five million dollar settlement to make this thing go away. And everybody should thank Cobalt Banker for doing that because it could have overturned uh, independent contractor status as we know it in real estate. However, the Uber lawsuit that goes to trial in June can overturn independent contractor status across all industries. The judge has made some really crazy rulings on this and uh, of the experts that are following it and I'm following it as well. This, this, this thing is scary to me. Yeah. So the question is, how do you protect yourself as a broker? And how do you protect yourself as a team lead? The first thing I would say, if you're the managing broker, you want every, every team member to be under your supervision. And preferably, if I'm running a brokerage, I would be using an employment service to, you know, all, you know, anybody that's on a team is uh, either they're an employee and they go through the employer service or if they're a buyer's agent, if you want to go by the letter of the law, because the law does not allow you as an independent contractor to supervise another independent contractor unless you're the managing broker. And this has nothing to do with the tax code. So it doesn't allow that. So bottom line is here, you have to treat them like you're, like you're just referring that, that, lead, that buyer's lead out to them. 
Interesting. Yeah, that seems like a, a huge black hole that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. And I followed the uh, the Uber suit uh, pretty closely. It could dramatically change a lot of the way that we do business in, in the real estate profession. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about recruiting because, you know, that's certainly uh, top of mind for most uh, brokers. And what's your advice for brokers trying to attract great talent? Well, first of all, uh, think of it the same way that an agent would think about uh, attracting a seller. What is your unique selling proposition? But more importantly, if you are willing to coach your agents and helping them grow their production, and if you are engaged with your agents, and uh, one of the things I've seen some, uh, you know, um, my friend Fafi Moore, who runs, uh, she runs Realty Executives in Nevada, and she's one of the best recruiters I've ever come across in the industry. And she connects with uh, people on a personal level, and she may go out and drop off, you know, um, you know, may, uh, she may drop off, you know, cold drinks in the afternoon for open houses. But, you know, she's got a, a another woman that likes shoes and then, you know, Poppy knows, you know, she's the queen of shopping. She knows where the, you know, the, shoe, the, the best shoe sales are, but she connects on that personal basis. But she also, you know, she always, she always goes after the top producers, but she builds these personal connections. So what happens is that top producer may never leave the company that you know he or she is with, but because they like Fafi and they know she's a really good at manager who uh, who develops their agents and works with them and coaches them and helps them grow their business, they'll say, "Well, you know, if they hear about someone who's thinking about leaving, well, you should go interview there." Oh, that's great! They become a f- referral source. Yes, that's fantastic. What a great, yeah. great insight there. Yeah, she's she's a fantastic recruiter. I mean, truly, truly amazing. So. So, uh, that's one of Fafi's secrets. So I just blasted it out for her. <laughs> hopefully she's not mad. Um, so Bernice, you wear a lot of hats. You run a coaching and training business. You work closely with major brands. You're a syndicated columnist and speaker. How do you make time and keep track of it all? Well, right now, you know, the woman who's been my friend and mentor for 30 years, Marilyn Naylor, and she has nothing to do with real estate. And we're probably about, if you met the two of us, you say, how do these two ever end up, you know, we're very, very different. And, uh, you know, one thing she said to me three years ago is, Bernice, you need to narrow down what you're doing to three things. And Seth, one of the things I've seen about top producers, you know, Gary Keller wrote, if you, you know, if the people listening have not read the one thing, you need to read that book because Gary really explains how to focus. But Marilyn told me to focus on no, no more than three things. So what I'm work, you know, focused on right now is essentially uh, my writing, my AFIRE leadership conference. And then I'm working on my next book, which is called The PQ Factor, Stop Resisting, Start Persisting, and hope to have that ready in January of 2017. That is so awesome. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. And I hope you'll invite me back You know, when we get the book on the market, because I do want to talk about our persist model. And uh, it's, going, you know, it's going to be fun. We're going to come, I'm going to come at it and have some fun stories. But more importantly... Um, the book is more, it's more based on my psychological background, but it really gets into how, do, you know, what happens to us is that we get pulled off making, you know, we, we get tempted at, at the short term decision. And it's like, how do you let go a short term gratification to do, to gain the more important long term goals? So, yeah. uh, and so, you know, I love eating potato chips. 
Well, it's much easier to resist the potato chip aisle when I'm at the market than it is to resist the clearing call of the chips in my pantry. Yeah. Yeah. So making, making the decisions that put you in the right place at the right time. And staying away from the things that put you in the wrong place. That's great. I can't wait to read the book. Well, I'm excited. I've got, I've got a lot of writing to do, Seth. <laughs> I've got three chapters into it. Oh, and probably oh. about another 20. So I've All got right. a lot of writing to do, but it's what well, I do that's... for a living. So that's good. So I always ask this is, where do you look for inspiration? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I'm just, the thing that I'm inspired by um, is actually people who are doing what's innovative, but also people who are really just, uh, uh, I talked to Lennox Scott, who's uh, the CEO of John L. Scott just uh, a little bit ago about something that his wife had written. And, um, you know, her book, uh, she has a book called uh, Speaking, the, uh, Speaking the Language of Miracles. But uh, I just thought the book could be extremely inspirational because she talked about walking in solution, which, you know, but more importantly, it's like, um, and let me get the exact phrase that uh, Lennox gave me, is uh, walking, uh, walking on, uh, or living a life in contribution. Mm. And it's this, there's a, there's a really interesting shift going on. In the 90s, it was all about the me, me, me show and the personal brochure and all the slick marketing. And the thing I'm really excited about, I'm seeing more and more people like Linux that are building, you know, and he gives that book to everybody that joins his company. But I'm seeing more and more people now who are building their businesses upon serving their community and giving back. Mm. And that is the model, I believe, going forward. And that inspires me when I hear about someone who has helped, uh, you know, someone who turned, you know, turn their life around, get them into a house through, uh, you know, um, you know, help, help mom stay in her house by getting a, a reverse purchase mortgage or any one of these other things that people do. And our business does. Realtors are so generous and they give back in so many places that, and, and the top producers, uh, there's a book called Billion Dollar Agent by Steve Cantor. And he interviewed like a hundred people who sold a billion dollars worth of real estate. And when I read through the book, I kept track. About two-thirds of the agents profiled in that book had giving back to their communities as a core part of their business. And this was back in 2007. Yeah. So this, you know, that to me is inspirational. You know, what's your service? How are you giving back? And when people see that you give back, you know, it's not about knocking on more doors to me, you know, and doing more postcards. Instead, it's about being involved in, you know, Relay for Life, you know, helping out there and you know, being one of the people that volunteers or serving, you know, in a food kitchen or doing something that you're passionate about, whether it's teaching Sunday school, something where you, you know, you serve your community. But those are the things that people really look for. And they're the, and the people that you meet in those situations are the kind of clients that you want to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Bernice, this has been an absolute pleasure. You know, I love you. I love seeing you. I love reading your stuff. What's the best way for people to find out more about you? Uh, our site is uh, realestatecoach.com. And uh, also I'm writing for uh, MN News. So my columns are uh, usually in the lead uh, position on uh, MN News on Monday mornings. 
So, and if someone wants to email me at Bernice at realestatecoach.com, I'd be happy to answer any questions for them. And Seth, I'm so thankful for the opportunity. I so admire uh, your work. I've had you on our radio show and you're just always fantastic. Wealth of this wonderful information. So, well, thank you. Thank you. So nice to have you and be able to interview you. That's a lovely change. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.